listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Today we have a hymn sing with Sarah day. <laughs> and we get to go international today, which is something we haven't done yet for a hymn sing with Sarah day. But it, we might have to. Well, I don't know. We might have to do it more often because there are international Lutheran hymnals now. It's true. And it's very exciting. But. Spanish might be the only one I have a chance at actually understanding what's happening in the <laughs> hymnal. So <laughs> it is Hispanic Heritage Month from September 15th to October 15th in the United States. And there's also been a somewhat recent major achievement in the Spanish speaking Lutheran world with a new Lutheran Spanish hymnal. Yes. And I have it with me. I have props today. Boo. Yes. This thing is a solid, like. Holy cow. How thick is that? It is heavy. That is and like a, like a half an inch shy of what I would use mostly to press wildflowers with. Like that is a substantial <laughs> yeah. book. It's like, it's the size Holy of the Lutheran study Bibles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So it's close. Uh-huh. It's maybe not quite, but very close. It's close. It's a hundred, a hundred, 1,000. Wow. <laughs> Missed a zero there. 1,075 pages. Mm. That is formidable Compared and our, impressive. Mm. Our Lutheran service book has, oh, 1,024. So I guess mm. it's, it's just, man, it just feels nice and like thick. It's mm. wonderful. So... In celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month, we're going to talk about this new Spanish hymnal that I had the absolute joy of being able to search through over the last couple of weeks. I only know a small amount of Spanish, though, so I can't actually give you a full rundown of like hymns and things like I normally do with these hymn sings because I am nowhere close to fluent enough to be able to do any of that. However, I have friends well, new friends now, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> new friends One that... might say amigos. Amigos! <laughs> <laughs> who I was able to talk to, and I got a whole lot of information from a lot of different people today. I went like full pseudo-journalist for this one and got to interview a bunch of people and compile all this stuff together. And it was it was very fun. And I'm super, super excited about this. I think we need to make him nerd stickers in Spanish now and just send them out yes! to the Caribbean mm. region. And ooh, it's a good idea. We should You'll do that. to see what that works. Yeah, like, I don't know what that would be. nerd yeah. is so idiomatic that like we're going to have to ask them, what do you call somebody who right. gets super nerdy and geeky about hymns? And yeah, I'm sure that's... they could come up with something. That's a good point. I don't think that would translate well. No. (laughs) So I want to give a huge thanks to all of my um, amigos nuevos. Is that Mm. right? Yeah, you got it, girl. High school Spanish coming back to me. Mm. For all of their help, I could not have, I literally could not have written this podcast without all of these people. So Reverend Ted Cray, who is the regional director for LCMS International Mission for the Latin American and Caribbean region, he was actually in the building when I started researching this just by happenstance. So that worked out really well for timing. And he, he was the one that gave me the hymnal. He gave me a whole bunch of information. The Reverend Sergio Fritzler was a hymnal committee member for this. Deaconess Sandra Ryan also happened to be mm. in the building at the same time for the Day of Thanksgiving for International Mission. Mm. She's a sacred music educator in the Asia region with LCMS International Mission. And the one that has put together all of these other international Lutheran hymnals. It's amazing. The Reverend Herman Novelli Oliveros, who is the outgoing president 
of the National Hispanic Convention. We've had him on the coffee hour a couple times too. Super cool dude. He gave me a little bit. Uh, the Reverend Nathan Sherrill, he is with David's Harp. And then Deaconess Cheryl Nauman, who is also a missionary in the LAC region and the director of the VDMA project with LCMS International Mission. And the Reverend John Beaker at Concordia Seminary, and who knows literally everything there is to know about Lutheran hymnody. This guy's the expert. So all of those people gave me a, a whole bunch of stuff. There is also a massively long list of people in the back of the hymnal who had a hand in this hymnal. It was a it was it was just this huge collaborative project between a whole lot of people, which just makes it even that much cooler. So there's a whole bunch of more people who I'm sure I could have talked to had I had like six months to work on this and to get even more stories about this. And I'm sure in another 10 years after it's been in use for a while, there's going to be some really cool stories too. But this is still very new. So this is going to be a lot of the like background of how this all came together and also all of the details of why this is super cool. So maybe I'm not emphasizing it or maybe I'm overemphasizing it and you're going to get annoyed at how often I'm going to say that this is just a super cool project. (laughs) (laughs) How awesome this is. It's called the Hymnario Luterano for uh, Spanish-speaking Lutherans, literally the Lutheran hymnal in Spanish. This project began back in 2007. Really? So this has been going on, yes. That's wow. about this how long it takes on. to make a book this big. Oh, but wow, 15 years. Yeah, I know. It has been going on for a very, very long time. It began with a proposal in 2007 from the Lutheran Church of Chile to produce a Lutheran hymnal. And they printed a Christian hymnal with liturgy and songs in 2004. So they were kind of already working on this concept that it would be a really good idea to have a Lutheran hymnal in Spanish. But it took this long for the project to be completed. So this became the project of what's called the Southern Cone of Latin America. So that's three Latin American church bodies, the Lutheran Church of Argentina, which is Iglesia Evangelica Lutherana, Lutherana Argentina, The Lutheran Church of Chile, which is Iglesia Luterana Confesional de Chile, and the Lutheran Church of Paraguay, Iglesia Evangelica Luterana del Paraguay. And it's going to serve church bodies all across Latin America and the Caribbean. This timeline, thanks to uh, the Reverend Fritzler for sending me this massive project plan for this hymnal with all of these details and and all the things that happened and a a lot of pictures, too, from the last 14, 17 years. I like pictures. Yes. So hopefully I will get some of those in the show notes for this. You can see the progress of what was going on with this. So this started with an idea and this great enthusiasm for creating this resource, but they didn't really like know how it was all going to turn out and how much work was actually going to have to go into this. So from 2009 to 2012, about 20 pastors from the churches in Chile, Argentina, and Paraguay selected the hymns and liturgy using the Christian hymnal from Chile as the basis. And they all met in 2011 to sing through everything they had and decide where to go from there. That is a lot of like hymn sing action going on right there. From 2012 to 2017, all of the editing, doctrinal review, Hmm. and writing of new hymns happened. And this was a very, very lengthy process. So it went through doctrinal review, not once, not twice, not three times, not even four times, but five times wow. by the churches promoting this project. Could and never. He could never. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, and that's form- that's really formidable because you've got multiple church bodies who all yes. have to sign off on it. And I'm sure that we all have slightly different 
strategies for putting things through doctrinal review and maybe even slightly different things that people are looking for. That's such a major project. Well, and part of me wonders too, like how much when we talk about translating from one language to another and you're talking about <laughs> something as pure and unchanging as, as you know, the Bible and theology and doctrine. And so when you, when things are naturally lost in translation, like are you dealing with two like different bodies that to one person would mean one thing and to another person would be, be another. You yeah. know what I mean? It's the challenge of him translation. Oh, yeah. 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 So the cool thing about this, and I think I have this a little bit later in my notes, but since we're talking about it, the cool thing about this hymnal is that, I mean, there's translation going both directions for this mm -hmm. hymnal. So a lot of things they did take from LSB and translate into Spanish. They translated a boatload of German hymns into Spanish, obviously, because a lot of our Lutheran hymns come from Spanish. But then there was also... German. A lot of our Lutheran hymns come, come from, from German. German. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but then also there was all of this new hymn writing that was happening. So they were just writing a lot of new hymns that were culturally Spanish mm -hmm. for this hymnal mm -hmm. that now Dr. Beaker actually wants to take some of those mm -hmm. hymns, those new hymns that are written translate in Spanish English. and translate them Absolutely. into English. Oh, I, love that. I hope that happens. Yeah. Yeah, so there's like this this whole circle circle of life of a circle of hymnody <laughs> circle of song happening. Yeah, that the hymnody just keeps kind of getting passed around and translated from their original languages into different languages and the daughter church is now grown up enough that hymns are being translated back to the mother church. It's just really cool how, mm -hmm. how all of this is happening. And oh yes, and I was going to say too that the the doctrinal review process for this is not the same as what we know as doctrinal review in the LCMS. Similar, but but it was mostly just done within the hymnal committee itself, which is a large committee. But it was mostly done within the hymnal committee itself. It wasn't like passed around to you know a hundred different people in different church bodies. But all of the hymns were coming from multiple different places. Sandra Ryan said that. Each church body that was contributing to this hymnal also contributed hymns. So you also have all of these hymns coming from all of these different church bodies. So it's just, you know, compiling all of these things from all of these, I think it was 14 different church bodies. I could be saying that wrong. Maybe 17, somewhere around there. A long list of church bodies that were contributing to this. So the committee was formed in 2013 with the Reverend Alejandro Lopez, Reverend Christian Rautenberg, and Reverend Sergio Fritzler and David Saar. And by 2017, all of these men on the committee were in vastly different geographical locations. <laughs> so that was another thing that they had to figure out. Like one was in Canada and one was in Dominican Republic and one was in like Argentina and Chile. So they were all over the place mm. trying to do this also remotely at this point as well. And they did get together in person several times over this long process uh, for like these hymnal committee intensives that they would do all of this mm. work. So I'm sure... Sure, those were, were very interesting meetings to go through. And then, so in 2018 through 2019, that's when LCMS International Mission was pulled into this project it, during this meeting in the Dominican Republic in order to really get this hymnal over the finish line. Mm. So they had done all of this legwork to compile the hymnal, compile the hymns together, the liturgies, the psalms, everything that was going to go into it. But they had the all of those final steps of the doctrinal review, all of the copyrights, putting it, like actually doing all of the layout, all of those things that they needed some outside help as well and some expertise from our international mission group to kind of get it over the finish line. So that's when the committee was expanded to include Deaconess Sandra Rhine, who has boatloads of experience getting international hymnals completed, Reverend Ted Cray and Deaconess Cheryl Nauman. 
So I did get to talk with Deaconess Sandra while she was in the building for the day of Thanksgiving for missionaries a few weeks ago. Basically, she has my dream job. If I ever were to become a missionary, I would want to do what she does. And I told her that. (laughs) (laughs) How cool would it be to help international church bodies put together their hymnals? Mm -hmm. It's just super cool. Mm -hmm. So like ultimate hymn nerd level job right there. So she is sacred music educator with LCMS International Mission, working primarily in Asia, but she has helped several church bodies produce hymns in their native languages. She has completed ones with the churches in Kenya and Ethiopia. She's currently finishing up the one in Indonesia and working on Sri Lanka and Chinese. So the list is growing and it's just really amazing how these hymnals have been such a benefit to all of these church bodies to have all of this good Lutheran stuff in their own languages. So this hymnal, she said, was vastly different from those, though, because those church bodies or or those language groups are much smaller and there's just less to work with. Mm. But the Spanish language group and just the amount of stuff that they were working with was with this was so huge. And so she did say it was 17 church bodies. It was just just a m- much bigger project than the ones she had done previously. So her expertise that she really brought to this project was working through all of the copyrights and the doctrinal review work. And so there are 670 hymns in this wow. hymn. And not all of them are public domain. So <laughs> you have to track down the copyright holders mm-hmm. for the original text, the translation, the tune, the setting, if there is one. Hmm. Like that is... That's a lot of copyright work mm-hmm. that you have to do. And in the U.S., it's it's somewhat easier because we have, you know, publishing houses that hold a lot of these copyrights or facilitate them for the people that have them. Not so much the same with some of these uh, more culturally Spanish hymns or things that were just kind of obscure from, from some place that just kind of had been passed down. So she got to track down a lot of those things make sure the royalties were paid properly, get the permissions for all of these things. She actually paid a lot of these royalties herself because Mm. you have to pay a lot of these things online. Yeah. And these bodies, a lot of them are really small and they don't actually have credit cards Mm. to pay these fees. So she was just paying them herself and then the church bodies were paying her back. But that just facilitating all of that work made this a lot easier to get it all finished. And these mm. are like, they're small. It's like 150 bucks to pay royalties. Mm. It's not like huge amounts of money that that she was having to deal with, but really useful to get all of that done. And she also helped with the doctrinal review process, which uh, she hadn't done with an international hymnal before. So the cool thing is that this is also doctrinally reviewed for the LCMS and there are, are rumors and the hope is that this hymnal will be presented before convention next Ooh. year in 2023 and maybe approved as an official hymnal of the LCMS so that it can be really, really utilized with our Spanish speaking churches in the United States. Hmm. I think that would be super cool. Mm. So there is hope that that will happen. So then 2020 to 2021, all of the final editing and correction happened very tedious work. Mm-hmm. It was approved by LCMS Doctrinal Review at this point as well. And all of the royalties are paid. And it went through four final reviews by the project churches. So lots of eyes looking at this. It was finally completed in July of 2021. So this is barely a year old from completion. Printed in Thailand in the beginning of this year, beginning of 2022, with 19,000 copies in the first edition. And they were all shipped to Brazil. So the Bible Society of Brazil is distributing it to 20 different countries around the world. So this is like almost literally hot off the presses at this point. In May of this year, 
there was a week-long symposium at Seminario Concordia El Reformador in the Dominican Republic, which is kind of becoming a, a real hub of, of Lutheranism and theological education in the Latin American Caribbean region. Super cool stuff. If you don't know about that seminary, there's a lot of stuff online. You can read about it. So there was a, a week-long symposium leading up to their graduation ceremony. The bishops and church presidents from multiple different church bodies were present for this symposium that was all about education and celebration of the release of this hymnal. Mm. So they were there from Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Guatemala, Mexico, Panama, Uruguay, and Venezuela. And Dr. Viker shared some videos. I think the seminary also has a few videos of the singing that was happening during mm. the symposium. It is amazing. Like, I just get goosebumps mm. listening to it. One of them is the choir, the seminary choir singing, Oh God, O Lord of Heaven and Earth in Spanish. Mm. It's cool. It's very cool. Hmm. So this symposium was full of scholars and church leaders presenting these papers about hymnody, interacting with the, the church's history of hymnody, the role of hymns in Christian suffering, the divine service in the theology of the cross, Luther and Gerhardt as composers, of course, and daily prayers at the family altar. Every day began with matins and ended with a hymn sing hosted by one of the symposium's presenters. So they got a, like they got to sing and they got like little mini lectures about stuff too. Mm. I really wish I could have been there, quite <laughs> honestly. Sounds very magical. So the list of recognitions for organizations and people is just super long. Like I mentioned, there's, there's just pages of like all of the people and organizations that were involved in this project. So it was supported by the Concordia Lutheran Education Foundation, David's Harp, which is an organization in Iowa that I'll, I'll talk about in a little bit. Lutheran Heritage Foundation, they're the ones that helped fund the actual printing of this. They have a whole system of printing in Thailand for all of the rest of their materials that they do. So they they helped out with the printing of this. The uh, Marvin Schwann Foundation, the Bible Society of Brazil and LCMS International Mission, and then the full committee. There's just a whole bunch of people. I mentioned the pastors that were on this. The Lutheran Church of Chile is the one that actually holds the copyright for the hymnal. So they are kind of the, mm. the ultimate like driving force behind all of this. This hymnal is huge, guys. It's uh, about one and a half Lutheran service books thick, even though it's <laughs> only about 50 more pages. It's thick. 670 hymns, which I believe, well, that's, that's close to what we have. Oh, I didn't do that math. I should have done that math. Mm hmm. And we have more in the electronic version, too, so I can look this up in here. We have not... Whatever, I'm not going to do the math. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> there are 90 psalms, five orders of service, which sounds familiar, two matin services, two vesper services, Compline, Luther Small Catechism, the lectionaries, private confession and absolution, and other daily offices packed into it. And if you know some Spanish or, or some Spanish culture... Spanish is not the same between different countries, just like English is not the same between different countries, too. Mm. So they did end up using a, kind of a common Spanish so that it would make sense across the different cultures in Latin America. So why a Spanish hymnal? Why now? Did one exist before now? Glad you asked. So in the history of Spanish language hymnals, there are a few others. The first Spanish hymnal was put out in 1927. Himnario Evangelico Luterano was in 1936. Culto Cristiano was in 1964 and Cantad al Señor was in 1991. I love that. So <laughs> it was kind of, I mean, it was time. The last hymnal was back in 1991. So it was time for a new one. Also, they wanted to bring together the best of all of these books. 
and also bring in newly composed hymns and translations from past hymnals, much like we did with Lutheran Service Book, compiling kind of the best of the best and really making this a fantastic resource. So this hymnal was specifically meant to proclaim the gospel of forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation, to celebrate Christ and his gifts, and to sing and pray God's saving deeds, make petitions, thanksgiving, and praise. The hymnal committee had all of this with these five, they were working under these five principles. First, faith in Christ needs to be sung, confessed, and proclaimed. The church of all times always sings its faith. Where the presence of God is, there is always singing. Mm, I like that. Yes. Second is Lex Orandi, Lex Credendi, of course. What we do, say, and sing is what we believe. It is about our identity in Christ. So they want to be able to sing and pray Lutheran doctrine. Mm. Third, each generation receives an inheritance and in turn adds its own to leave to its children and grandchildren. So this is a legacy thing for these churches as well. Fourth, the Church of Christ is universal. So it sings from all times, all places, and all languages. And fifth, a hymnal is part of three books that make up the triad of faith, the Bible, Word of God, Proclamation, the Catechism for Catechesis, and the hymnal, Hymns and Life of Faith. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the big umbrella of what they were really trying to do with this hymnal. And quite honestly, I think they nailed it. So even with these four older hymn books, there was a, a real distinct need for a new, updated, really inclusive book for worship. Mm. Cantado Señor from 1991 was meant to complement Culto Cristiano from 1964 with hymnology and Latin liturgical songs, but you still had to use multiple books during yeah. a service. I was I attended a Spanish Lutheran church for a little while in the 90s when my mom played piano for it and I was trying to learn Spanish. And it was, I just mm-hmm. remember it being really, I mean, obviously it was awkward because I was not a fluent Spanish speaker, but it was just clunky. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think, well, let's just say this new hymnal is a very good thing. <laughs> yeah. So it was just, you said to use multiple books for hymnody and liturgy, not a totally great setup. And these two other hymnals were financially just challenging to keep up. So a lot of places were using songbooks or printed booklets or electronic versions to fill the gaps. So they wanted to have one book that everybody could use. And just like in American Lutheranism, there's been an influence of evangelical or theologically wishy-washy contemporary music and indiscriminate use of non-Lutheran hymnology and services. So they wanted to kind of pull in the reins on that and really get Lutheran hymnody for these churches to be singing. There's also just a lack of liturgical resources in Spanish, so that makes service planning difficult. And maybe one of the biggest reasons for a new hymnal, to bring unity to all of these churches, these Hispanic Lutheran churches around the world with the same practice. So this beautiful hymnal unites historic Lutheran hymnody with new Spanish hymns and unites them with Spanish liturgy and practice. So it integrates what's already in use in Hispanic churches and brings new hymnody from contemporary composers, much like we did with LSB, while at the same time translating historic classic Lutheran hymns, Lutheran Gerhardt, into Spanish. Mm -hmm. And it restores these (laughs) older hymns to the original number of stanzas because everybody wants to sing like all 15 Sansas of Gerhard. I totally Not would. Everyone. <laughs> but enough they can. Yes, they enough now people have do. The option. Yes. They, they are not limited. Todos los versos. Todos. <laughs> Power to the people. 
<laughs> and one of the coolest things I think is that this hymnal is very much geared toward musicians using piano and guitar. So our hymnal mm. LSB is very much the the OG LSB is very much for using it with an organ. Yeah. And then we have mm-hmm. piano supplements and we have organ su- or organ. Mm-hmm. We have guitar supplements, but uh, oh, the yeah. original LSB is meant for organ, but this hymnal is meant for guitar oh, and piano yeah. and alternate huh? instruments because yeah. um, there's like very few churches in these church bodies that use organ. Nearly all of them use piano or guitar as their main instrument with, you know, flutes yeah. and, and other instruments yeah, as well. Yeah, they've got chords yes. on everything. Yes. That is a fantastic innovation. As someone who played piano, because I don't play organ, but for church mm-hmm. for a number of years, it was just always bit of a struggle mm-hmm. um, and they did yeah. they did a fine job with certain songs in lsb having alternative piano arrangements but to have a hymnal that is specifically for you know a piano and guitar centric audience that's was a very good move <laughs> mm-hmm. yes yeah yes and i think the coolest part of that is that uh the psalms the Psalms for us in our LSB, we use Gregorian chant tones. And even if you don't know that they're Gregorian, if you hear them, you're like, oh yeah, that's a chant tone that we use in church. So all of those were rewritten by Pastor Fritz Bowie, who is a classical guitarist. And he rewrote all of the psalm tones to be used specifically on guitar because Gregorian chant tones don't really translate well wow. to guitar. Mm-hmm. So these are all specifically mm-hmm. meant to be used with guitar chords. Yeah, and I think it's amazing. They have like a they have a tone for every on the page where you're singing. Mm-hmm. Oh, the notes oh, 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 imagine that. For everyone. Yes. And some of them also have what is it called when it's got like the like the little verse that goes with it, the sort of canticle. The antiphon? With oh, yeah, antiphon. Yeah. So yeah. some of them quite there's quite a few of them that have like an antiphon included as well. Yeah. Neat. Which, right uh, you know, line. if the LSB ever gets reprinted, mm-hmm. I would love it if the chant tones were actually printed. Wink! You know. Wink! <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Might add another 50 pages, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also designed to be used in the home as a family prayer book, which I think our Lutheran service book is as well. But really encouraging families to use this book in their home for home worship at the home altar and has resources for life of the individuals in the church and the catechism, just like our Lutheran service book. So hint, hint, if you ever need something in the catechism, but only have access to the hymnal, it's all in there. It's very cool. It's just kind of hidden in between the Psalms and the orders of worship and the the hymns where the hymns start. The catechism is all just before where the hymns start. You blink, you'll miss it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If you flip too quickly, mm-hmm. really <laughs> you'll go right by it. Emphasizes the fact that Luther's small catechism is the small catechism. <laughs> so it all fits really yes. short. Yeah. Not many pages, but it is in there. Mm-hmm. So out of the 670 hymns, 41% of them were from Culto Cristiano. So that's only 276. 55 of them were from Cantado al Señor. 31% are ones that we have in Lutheran Service Book, which I was surprised that is a much lower number than I expected. But that also means that 60% of these are not in Lutheran Service Book, and a large majority of them are culturally Spanish Latin hymns. So that is very cool. 34% of them are modern hymns. That's a large chunk. And 24% of them are unpublished Spanish hymns. What does modern mean? Yeah, I was going to ask. Like, so, what's your time frame? Oh, I don't know the exact time frame, but it would be more contemporary. 
like a, I'm guessing like a Stephen Starkey kind of era. Mm. Okay. All of Luther's hymns are in there. I don't even think we have all of Luther's hymns well, in LSB. No, we do not. Mm-mm. We definitely do not. They're pretty excited about this, except apparently they discovered one. <laughs> There's one missing. There's one that was missing. They thought they had them all. And then after it went to print, they discovered there was one more. Ouch. Quick, second edition we stat. Do not have all right. of them. Hymnal you supplement. Know, let's go. Let's <laughs> Maybe go. In the Mama yes. So this is why I need to learn Spanish because I want to just use this hymnal. Uh, <laughs> all of Luther's hymns minus one are in this <laughs> hymnal, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have 15 Gerhardt hymns, of which two of them are exclusively in Spanish, which means we also don't have those in oh, our hymnal. That just crushes your soul. It doesn't does. It? <laughs> <Bad>. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also the biblical references for all of the hymns and liturgies like we have too and there are several hymns that are culturally original spanish and like i mentioned john beaker wants to translate those into english mm. for our hymnal yes. which is just an amazing thing i keep mentioning just like our lsb they did actually use the Lutheran service book as the kind of model for this mm. hymnal and if if you ever get to see well i'll share a picture of one so you can look at it but they look very similar it's got the same kind of logos and and uh, graphics on the front and the side of it it's the same fonts and everything so it, it very much is supposed to be modeled after the lutheran service book as a as a kind of sister hymnal and to be used in multilingual congregations to be used kind of together mm. which that's so cool yeah, it already is actually it's very cool. Mm-hmm. So like the numbering system that we have, starting with the Psalms in the front, they do the same thing with that too. The notations, the notes, all of that. So all of that stuff looks the same. So if you're familiar with LSB, you would be familiar with using the hymnal as well. You would not get lost in it. It feels mm-hmm. very similar, just a different language. So there's also five divine service settings, just like we have, but they are not the same. Setting one is from Cantar al Señor. Setting two is from Culto Cristiano. So those would not be recognizable to us. They Mm. definitely sound Spanish. Mm. Setting three, however, is the ubiquitous (laughs) setting three from everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So DS3 means the same thing across multiple cultures, which I think is very cool. And it's, it's the same setting three as TLH page 15. So this one goes back to you know, the 1940s for us. Mm, Setting four four is from the Lutheran Church of Chile liturgy. And setting five is also an adaptation of the German mass, Luther's German mass of 1526. So that's going to be the same kind of format that we have, but probably using different hymns because it's a hymn-based liturgy anyway. So to make this even more accessible, I've already mentioned a a few ways that they really wanted to make this very usable for people. But one of this is just really cool to make this very accessible for people and for people to be able to really learn it and digest it and have it just very easy to access. They are in the process of recording the hymnal, like audio recording, all of it. So this is another thing that Deaconess Sandra was working on and also Pastor Cheryl and David's harp comes in. So they are actually recording all of the hymnal and the liturgies for people to be able to use. They have a website set up already. We can link to it in the show notes. There's really not anything on it yet because this is still very much a work in progress. They're also planning on an app for this. 
wild and a massive project. But they are recording all of this so that congregations, first of all, so that pastors can like learn this stuff because they also want pastors to be able to chant the things in this hymnal. And if that's not a familiar thing, they want to have this as audio versions so that pastors can learn the chanting parts of this, um, especially for the Psalms and the liturgy. And also, if congregations don't have a musician, they would be able to use this audio as their music in worship so that they would still have that the audio for people to be able to sing along with. And people can just use it in their homes as part of devotions, too. That's really cool. And especially with, what did you say, 24% of the hymns in there are mm-hmm. new and previously unpublished. I mean, yeah. to have this massive work of education going on with the release of the hymnal is not only cool, but it's also essential. Yeah. Because teaching hymns, new hymns to a congregation that doesn't has never heard them before is hard and you need all the resources you can get. So yeah. that's yep. well done them. Yes. So this recording project is being facilitated through David's Harp, which is in Council Bluffs, Iowa, based out of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, which also is St. Paul's Music Conservatory, which is kind of like the original Lutheran Music Conservatory. David's Harp is branching out with this, trying to get more music conservatories across the country, putting out all of these educational resources, printing resources, and establishing these centers for musical development in churches, schools, and missions of the LCMS. So this is their mission. Still relatively new. I think they're only a few years old, but they are just doing amazing work, really teaching people how to be church musicians or just giving people music lessons Mm. in their communities very cool stuff. So highly recommend if that sounds interesting to you to check them out. They do great work. And Pastor Cheryl will gladly talk to you about David's Harp and what they do. So I got to talk with him as well a little bit just about this project. Deacon Sandra was actually an advisor for David's Harp as they were getting off the ground a few years ago. And she was the one that suggested to Pastor Cray that he should talk to Pastor Cheryl about doing this recording project. So that was the connection there. And it's perfect, actually, because St. Paul's Music Conservatory has grown and actually has recording spaces and a sound engineer and access to all these musicians. So it's kind of like the perfect place for them to really be doing this project. Long story short, Sandra helped organize the whole thing. She went to the studio in Council Bluffs, did some recording. And then she was like, if we're going to record and take all of this time to engineer all of this audio, it is never going to get finished. So they had to kind of dole out the hymns and the liturgy and things to other people and record it maybe on like smartphones and then kind of process everything so it sounds similar because this is it is a massive project to record all of this. Elizabeth Grimpo, who also works with St. Paul's Music Conservatory, doing like beginner or um, graduated piano books, amazing resources to learn liturgy and hymns on piano, by the way. She recorded about 60 of them on piano. Pastor Frank did about 24. Sandra herself recorded several hundred of them. So she's <laughs> the Alexander Hamilton of- <laughs> I mean, it was very convenient that COVID hit uh, at the time that they were starting to do this. So she literally just never thought you'd say, yeah, holed up in her house with the hymnal and a piano and just like blasted through literally hundreds. Whatever it takes to keep your sanity in a pandemic. (laughs) Right. Um, she did say also there were about a hundred of them that were so so Spanish in nature that she's like an American should not record these. You need a Spanish <laughs> pianist yes. to record this, so it just uh-huh. has the authentic, correct uh-huh. flair to them. So some of them she didn't record uh, just so it actually sounded right. 
so they were just recording the music and then all the files are sent to either Argentina or Chile or the DR somewhere. And they're the ones that actually put the vocals to them. So it's not, and it's, this is all the vocals are happening in a Latin American country. And then it's all going to be put together and then put on the website and the app, which is very much still in progress. A bit of a hiccup that I wouldn't have even thought about, but sending these files, these are fairly large files. Mm -hmm. I mean, a music file is not small. Mm -hmm. You have to have some fairly decent internet to be able to even download it to your computer and then upload it wherever it's going. So they're running into a bit of an issue just having the internet bandwidth Mm -hmm. in some of these church bodies to be able to even download the music. So it's happening. It's just slow progress. So she's hoping in about six months or so, the recordings will be done and, and ready for the website. And at that point, you can actually go listen to everything. That's cool. totally going to do. Mm-hmm. Deaconess Cheryl Nauman, also working on this project. She is also working on the distribution of it. She's the director of the VDMA project, which is getting Spanish resources in ebook form so that more pastors and church workers in the Spanish-speaking countries can have Lutheran Spanish resources like at their fingertips, quite literally. So she's working to get this distributed as an ebook to everyone in the VDMA project so that they have access to it. And she's also assisting uh, some of the logistics with the Bible Society of Brazil to get the hymnals distributed to all of the countries. And she says that the hymnal will, quote, provide a great deal of harmony, not only between our partner churches, but also between LCMS mission churches and the emerging Lutheran church bodies that will grow out of our LCMS missions. In addition to the recording project for the website, the app, the distribution on ebook, and the print version, they're also compiling the propers of each celebration according to the liturgical season in a single document. So you've got everything all together. And then Luther Academy, which does a, a whole lot of theological education globally, they're doing conferences to implement the hymnal. So more education and, and getting people really mm-hmm. into the hymnal. And then workshops are going to happen at the Mercy Center and Concordia Seminary, the reformer of the Dominican Republic for lay people and musicians. So like the first symposium that they had, they're going to do more of these to just really get people immersed in this Lutheran hymnody and liturgy. Hmm. So it's a big push to really get people familiar with this. And there are plans for a second edition in 2023, which is next year, of 20,000 copies. And they already have 180 errors that many people have sent them fixed because (laughs) so it goes with book publishing. When you have a book that that's big, that's a pretty reasonable number. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's about all of the like really nitty gritty detail. I do have a couple more stories I want to share with you, though, before we're done. So... I mentioned that uh, the Reverend Sergio Fritzler gave me the massive document. He was very heavily involved with this entire project. And so he gave me uh, two stories also Where about... Where is he based out of? He is in in the Dominican Republic Okay, right now. Got yes. It. So the strongest personal... This is quote. The strongest personal anecdote for me is... In these years of dedication happened in the last two weeks of full-time work. I worked six months part-time. It was mid-June 2021, and we needed to deliver the project to Thailand in order to not lose the paper that was available. Mm. This is pandemic time. Supply chain. Supply chain. (laughs) This urgent situation made me work an average of 14 hours a day. But on the last day, June 30th, I worked 20 hours straight without a break. Oh, my goodness. I finished in the next... (laughs) 
I finished and the next day I traveled on vacation with my family to the beach in the Dominican Republic. But I was so focused on work that I spent the next three days without sleep. But on the fourth day, I slept all day and then I was able to enjoy the rest with my family. So <laughs> talk about dedication. Dang. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And another true story that happened in my life in the midst of the pandemic and work in 2020, in May, my sister-in-law died of cancer. And in mm. September, my mother died of COVID. Mm. We were unable to travel to both funerals because of the pandemic. I began to search for hymns of comfort and resurrection. So I translated Benjamin Schmulk's hymn, Hallelujah, Jesus Lept. And there came the idea of translating hymns as text, so the lyrics only, to fill the dead spaces in the hymnal genius. Oh. So the hymnal does not have 670 hymns, but 686 if you include all of the ones without music. So the congregation has more possibilities with unpublished hymns in Spanish with a strong confessional Lutheran tradition. Oh. So okay, so cool. Hymns in time of great need. Mm -hmm. So I also reached out to the Reverend Herman Novelli Oliveros, who is the outgoing president of the Hispanic National Convention, about his experience with the hymnal, because I know he has used it, especially for use in the United States. And I believe he is located in Wisconsin at a uh, multilingual, bilingual congregation, English-Spanish, if I'm remembering right. The Hispanic National Convention just happened in Orlando in August of this year, and every participant got one of these hymnals at yep. this convention. So it is now out and about <laughs> in the wild wow. in the U.S. for use. So he told me, this is my fourth quote. This is my fourth Lutheran hymnal in Spanish. And I've never seen something like this before. It is filled with not just hymns, but with different liturgies that can be used in churches and also in homes. What a wonderful thing it is to bring God back into our lives and our homes with our families and children and raise them in the faith. This hymnal will help with that and will lead us to pray at our dinner tables, praise the Lord, and grow in His Word. I used the hymnal for the first time in my congregation this week. As you may know, I serve a bilingual congregation, and our worship services are bilingual English and Spanish. The Himnario Luterano's connection with the American LSB is fantastic. I can find the same hymns in both languages, and we can worship in both languages without me having to make translations of stanzas or making changes to the music. This hymnal is creating unity and helping our bilingual pastors in an amazing way. I've said this before, the hymnal will be a blessing in Latin America where worship services are always in Spanish language, but also here in America in our Hispanic and multicultural congregations. It will be a blessing for our pastors as well as they create their worship liturgies for Sunday and also for special occasions. It contains a lot of hymns and all of them are historic worship songs of our church. And it also has several liturgies, prayers, etc. This should be on every pastor's desk and also in our homes. La Iglesia que adora unida permanecerá unida. Sorry, I butchered that. The church that sings and worships together will remain together. Unity in diversity. Peace, Pastor Herman. So he's already using it, and oh, it's that's been great. Amazing. And he, you know, his his words remind us that a good hymnal is much more than a songbook. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's it is it is a worship compendium you know it's got everything you need to worship at home and at church and anywhere else it's just all right there and so the fact that this isn't just a songbook it's a hymnal right. is a wonderful thing yeah and finally i have one more quote from mm. uh the reverend dr jonathan nauman 
Deacon of Cheryl Nauman's husband. They're a, a team together in the in the DR. He teaches worship and liturgy at Seminario Concordia El Reformador in the Dominican Republic. He sees this new hymnal as this great resource for pastoral formation. And he echoes kind of what Pastor Herman was saying that, quote, no matter what country the seminary students come from, and we have students from about 12 different countries so far, these men will all learn together how to lead the divine service using the same hymnal that is being used in their own countries. So this is creating uh, this sense of, of real community among mm-hmm. all of these pastors who are being formed together at the seminary. And it's just ugh, goosebumps. I love it. That's all I got. That's wonderful. <sighs> Big fan. I did a little hymnal math while you were, oh, good. While you were talking. Thank you. And it does appear that the Hymnario Literano has 34 more hymns. Oh. So. Very nice. Yes. Thank you for saving me from my math. (laughs) (laughs) I just got to give you mega kudos because Mm. that was an impressive amount of legwork you did to pull together all the facts on this. Not quite as impressive as Pastor Fitzler's massive marathon sessions pre-pub, but still. Hats off to you for tracking down Mm -hmm. all this information and these wonderful insights. Yes. We got the behind the scenes story. Mm -hmm. Yes, you did. And thank you to Courtney Zalmanoff, too, for pointing me in the right direction to find some people, too. She was my inside person. She works with me. (laughs) She does. She's cool. (laughs) She's cool people. She's mentioned in the hymnal. She is. Mm. Yes, Yes. her name is. She was uh-huh. uh, in the Dominican Republic yep. while yep. this was going she got on. To be, she got to play a part yeah. in this project. Yes. It's cool how many people were part of it. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Major group effort. So I did also reach out to Pastor Cray and his family. So if you keep listening at the end of this podcast, you'll hear them sing <laughs> from the hymnal. Yes. So that's a treat. Stay tuned for that treat after our little closing. Ladies, we would love to hear from you in our Facebook group. If you, I don't know, have any thoughts or anything else you'd like to share with us about hymnals in general or this new Spanish hymnal, or if you would like to get one, actually, I will put in the show notes how you can do that. If you reach out to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, you can request to get a hymnal. So if this is something that would be interesting for you, or you know someone who speaks Spanish, you could use one, or if you know of a multilingual congregation, We'll put that in the show notes, how you can reach out to them or just post in the Facebook group and we can share that too. Join us there on Facebook. You can also follow us on Instagram at Lutheran Ladies Lounge. We have extra content there. Sometimes we share extra things that don't actually go in the Facebook group all the time. So you can find all of our content there as well. If you're not on social and you would like to get our e-newsletter in your inbox, you can sign up for that e-newsletter. Find out how in the show notes for this episode. Or you can email us, lutheranladies at kfuo.org. You can find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash lutheranladieslounge or on your favorite podcasting app or on the KFUO radio app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. Soy Bree. <laughs> and I'm Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> As promised, here is the Cray family singing El Señor Resucito, Hymnaria Luterano number 493, and you'll recognize this Easter hymn, and O Santissimo, Hymnaria Luterano number 418, which is a Christmas hymn. Thanks to Becca Cray for sending these.
And as an extra special treat, Deaconess Sandra Ryan sent a few parts of the Divine Service Setting 4 in Imnario Luterano, written by Reverend Sergio Fritzler. Enjoy! Divine Service 4, Confession and Absolution. Divine Service for Gloria Patri. Divine Service for Nunc Dimittis. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us, too. If you love the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast, consider financially supporting our producer, KFUO Radio, so we can keep doing what we do. Find out how at kfuo.org slash give.